Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 9.08 now on this Tuesday morning, February 27th. We're going to spend some time, what with the special session uh, going on in Baton Rouge, with a family member of a victim of a carjacking. It happened back on November 27th, 2018. You might remember uh, Jeannot Plessy was killed during the carjacking. Um, her son-in-law tried to intervene to help out. Uh, he was injured. And her daughter joins us now because we, we, we always like to talk to the, the victims and the family members of these victims because it seems as though sometimes the perpetrators, they get all the attention, and, and a lot of people don't know the inside story. And, and people like our next guest are suddenly thrust into the system, and they didn't do anything wrong, and they lose a family member. Good morning, Nadia Sanchez. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time. Tell me a little bit about your mom, Jeannot Plessy. And, and for those that don't remember, take us back to, um, and, and I guess through your eyes, you know, it's November 26, 2018. You had no idea anything like this was going to happen, did you? No, I could never imagine anything like this would ever happen to anyone I know, let alone my mom. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was really just a normal very normal time of year. It was Thanksgiving time. My birthday had just passed. Thanksgiving had just passed. We did Black Friday shopping. Um, and the week that she was killed was actually the kid's first week back in school. Um, and so that was kind of the, the setup or the lead up, I guess, um, to the night of the carjacking. I was babysitting my brother and sister because she and my stepdad had gone on a date. Um, she'd been out of the country and so they, they went on a date and we were babysitting. So yeah, very, very normal. Could have never predicted something like this happening. 
What what was your experience with the criminal justice system? Because again, I, I said you know, and and we've spoken to Elizabeth Hansard and other victims of uh, mm-hmm. of of crime where whose family members have have been uh, wounded and and killed, and they they've not been treated so kindly by the criminal justice system. I'm just wondering what your experience has been, Nadia. Yeah, I think um, I will say it was very, it was probably different from Elizabeth, um, just because there were different administrations and office at the time. But I actually talked to her yesterday, and we were just sharing experiences. And I think the overall process, regardless of administration, is very broken. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very exhausting. You have to advocate for yourself. And so I think a lot of what we would consider injustice that we see is probably a lack of Um, awareness of the amount of advocacy that you have to do on your own behalf. There were so many decisions in my mom's case and along the way where I was informed that things were going to go one way and I really had to push back strongly um, to see them go a different way. And so, you know, with the juvenile, the youngest juvenile in her case, who was 14 at the time, they had initially told me they weren't bringing any charges against him. Um, I really had to, yeah, I really, really had to push back on that decision um, and be sort of aggressive in my reasoning for wanting to see him go through the process. And so it it wasn't great. It's, It's very exhausting. You lose someone traumatically and tragically, and then you are thrust into a system that demands your time and your energy and your attention, really, because if you're not paying attention, anything could happen. So who was ultimately arrested and convicted or at least um, sentenced for the crime? I don't know if they, it was a plea situation or so forth. What was the disposition of the case? Right. So the 14-year-old um, was arrested and sentenced to six months. In, deten- in the juvenile detention center and then probation until his 18th birthday um, with the condition of having the complete school. Um, and then his 17-year-old brother was tried and sentenced as an adult. And so he was sentenced to 25 years with the possibility of parole at 25 years. And their cousin, who was 18 at the time, was also arrested and sentenced. Um, so I think it was 10 years. I was told it would be eight years after um, time served or good behavior or something like that. Um, and he was arrested because they were driving in a stolen car when they carjacked my mom. And so he was driving the stolen car. That was that was his role. Do you feel as though you were victimized by, and I'm going to ask you to give some examples of that because I know you went through it firsthand, but people listening that have never, thank God, been through a situation like this, they don't have any idea what's waiting for them, do they? No, I mean it's it's a very it's a very brutal brutal process, and how I so, think how it, so, Nadia? Take us through this. Yeah, I mean, I think first of all, like I said, you lose someone very traumatically, and I think what's lost in that is the ripple effects it has on your family, on your finances. <laughs> on your life in general. Um, So my mom died. My stepdad sort of had a depressive episode. He couldn't care for my siblings. They had to come into my care. I had two young kids at the time. My husband suffered a traumatic brain injury. I was his primary caretaker during that time. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also having to pay the expenses of therapy, hospital bills, 
getting my mom's car towed, getting it repaired so we could sell it, replacing the key that was locked in evidence that couldn't be released to me, and simultaneously having to keep up with the juvenile court system, the DA, uh, the DA's office, and what they were telling me next steps would be, what direction they were thinking the case would be going in, not even having any transparency within the juvenile court system. Um, come to find out, the 14-year-old Bovanti that was arrested was released days after his arrest and was out. We had no idea. So then finding that out, having to make sure he was rearrested and actually detained, um, discussing plea deals and going back and forth about a jury trial and having to listen to your representation in the DA's office tell you the general public in a jury will likely side with the defendants because they'll sympathize more with them than they will with your family. That's that alone is devastating. You just lost someone you love to a very senseless, random act of violence. And then when you're trying to get justice for that person, being told, well, the, the general consensus in the city is that the criminals are actually more of the victim than you are because they've, they've grown up with trauma and that's what caused them to do this. It's, it's just, you know, it's like a dagger in the heart when you're going through an entire grieving and mourning process to feel like the one place that you go to get this wrong made right is basically telling you you're going to have to compromise because no one really understands the extent of what you've gone through and they will, they will side with the defendants over you. So you're told that a jury, uh, I presume they're talking about a jury, not a judge, or were they talking about a judge as Correct. well? Correct. A jury. No. A, a, well, I think, I, I think both. Um, when it came down to it, it, the discussion was about both, but primarily a jury. If you go to trial, a jury will likely sympathize with the defendants. And did they did they tell you other than circumstances? Did they at any point say, well, you know, we did you say or that that we have this evidence like, well, that's your job as a prosecutor to convince the jury that they need to be held responsible for their actions? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had many conversations about it um, with our ADA at the time and went back and forth about that and. He was pretty convinced that he had seen enough trials with strong evidence where the public did not side with the evidence. They sided with their feelings and their emotions. And, you know, on some level, I can understand it because I think the city is so affected by crime. Everyone knows someone that's either been a victim of crime or has been incarcerated for a crime. And so... When you're on a jury panel, sure, the odds are 50-50 that you're going to have people that will say, oh, my cousin went to jail for 30 years, and I don't think they should have, and these kids look like him. Um, You know, I I understand that version of events, which is why we ended up with a plea deal. But, yeah, I had many, many conversations with my representation at the time about the evidence and, you know, objectivity, and that was just – yeah, he he basically was very convinced that he had seen that play out before, and it didn't end well for his clients. 
Did you have any feelings of compassion for the people that did this to your mom or um, any understanding at all of what the other family was going through? Because I know Channel 4 did a piece on this of of comparing mm-hmm. and contrasting the two families. Your thoughts on that, Nadia? Yeah, I, I certainly did. I think I was certainly the most sympathetic and compassionate towards them of anyone in my family. I don't think they found much of that um, with my family. But, yeah, I, I certainly felt bad for them. I, I felt very, very bad for them. I felt like they didn't have a chance at all, um, given their upbringing, given the lack of resources that were either – available to them and underutilized or not utilized at all, or the absolute absence of resources. Um, I, I certainly see a perspective where this is a really tragic and terrible outcome for their family. Um, and I, I do sympathize with them. I, I wish their mom could have done better for them. I really place the onus on her. Um, she's their parent. They committed crimes prior to killing my mom. I think more could have and should have been done. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am sympathetic to them. But, you know, I, I also counter that with I had a very traumatic upbringing. My mom was a victim of domestic violence for 10-plus years. I endured many, many traumatic events growing up. Um, thankfully I had a support system in my family and in my church and in community. And I wish people would seek those external resources and support systems out because they can change your entire life and trajectory. Um, but I, I also didn't turn out to be a murderer or a thief and thank God for that. But I don't think it has to be your outcome just because you endure trauma in your childhood. Have you had communication with the families of the perpetrators? No, no, I haven't. Um, any interaction at all, impact statements or apologies or anything like that that you received? Um, no, not really. We gave impact statements at the sentencing, um, and I did address their mom during that time. Uh, but no, nothing, nothing from them really outside of what was in their confession, basically. Let me take a break. We'll pick it up here. We'll come back. I know you've gotten involved and in, in you're doing some work to help the community. Nadia Sanchez is our guest. Her mother, uh, Jeanneau Plessy, killed in a carjacking. Her husband is a, um, her, well, I guess her her mother's, her stepfather, let me put it that way. I'm, I'm fumbling with the words here, Nadia, but your stepfather is a preacher, correct? A reverend? He was, yes. He was, okay. And uh, dealing with the aftermath of that, and we'll also talk about the special session and more when we come back. It's 921. I'm Tommy Tucker, WWL. We're talking to Nadia Sanchez, her mother, uh, Jeanneau Plessy, victim of a, a carjacking. Her husband suffered uh, some brain damage, a brain injury, I should say, as a result of trying to intervene. How is your husband, Nadia? He's he's doing a lot better. There are some long-lasting impacts that I don't think will ever really uh, be fully healed, but he's doing much, much better. Um, The three that were convicted ultimately of and sentenced for 
carjacking your mother, one of them is dead, correct? Yes. And tell me what happened there, if you will. So from my understanding, um, he was joyriding in a stolen car with friends uh, during, I don't know, a school night from what I gathered. Um, The car had, I think, a a one-car accident maybe. It flipped. It landed on top of him, um, ejected him from the car, obviously landed on top of him, and he uh, died in that accident. So he he died joyriding in a stolen car um, while on probation still from my mom's carjacking. So that that was, yeah, that was how his life came to an end, unfortunately. And that brings you no comfort or peace, does it? It doesn't at all. I, I really, really hoped and wished that the sentencing at my, in my mom's case would be a real wake-up call for him and his mom. And at that sentencing, I said that to him. I said, please, let this be the worst mistake you ever make. Um, it obviously didn't resonate, but it does not bring me any comfort or peace knowing that that's how his life ended. And, and you made the distinction between a bad choice and a mistake, right? Yeah, I did. I think that's important because I think it's very, um, it alleviates a lot of the guilt and the responsibility when you can say, well, I just made a mistake. No, you, you made a choice. You chose to leave your house, you chose to steal a car, you chose to follow my mom, who was targeted because she was alone, uh, back to my house, you chose to steal her car, you chose not to stop when she was fighting you over the car, when my husband ran outside, when my siblings were outside, there were many, many, many choices that were made. It wasn't, oops, I accidentally put the car in reverse instead of drive. Um, no, there were many choices, and I, I don't think it's fair to relieve yourself of accountability by calling it a mistake. So when it comes to the circumstances under which you were raised and your mom keeping you on the right track, and I presume she gets credit for that, right? <laughs> sure, right. sure, she gets some credit. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, what did your mom do right that maybe— because you can have all the laws you want, you can have all the teachers you yeah. want. It all comes down to parenting, and I, and I think anybody that has kids yeah. know that. If you, if you think you're going to send them to the most elaborate private school, unless it's a boarding school and it's going to be turnkey, it's not. You have to be involved in raising your kids. Your mother, yeah. Jeannot, apparently was very much involved and kept you on the right track. You turned into a productive citizen. We'll talk about some of the work you're doing in a little bit. Where do you think other parents are going wrong even though they're facing some tough circumstances and some tough decisions, the things that your mother did that they could be doing and aren't doing so that it doesn't even get to the point of anybody being carjacked? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts, honestly, I think it starts less with doing things wrong and more with just an absolute feeling of hopelessness and feeling like, this is what my life is, and so I'm just going to live the way I've always known how to live and not not even live with a mindset that change is possible. Um, 
but and you did not really grow and you to be clear you did not grow up that way right so something was instilled in you that even though things are bad there's a way out things are going to get better accurate Yes, yes, that's fair to say. Yeah, and I think a big part of that, honestly, was having people outside of my immediate household that I could look to as safe places. And so I would say I think the biggest thing that parents today are missing is any awareness or acknowledgement that they themselves aren't doing a great job of parenting and that they need help. And I think they can say it verbally, oh, I need help, oh, I'm so tired, oh, I'm so overwhelmed, I need help. But they need more than just help picking their kids up from school. They need help setting them on the right path. They need help letting their kids see that there is a life outside of what they see right now in their immediate household. Um, So I would say first and foremost, I think it's parents recognizing their own inability to give their kids that better life, but being okay with that and tapping into what resources are available to you to make that possible. I think the other thing though is modeling behavior for your kids. So, you know, recently a couple weeks ago on the news, there was like a brawl of a hundred people. Women were in there. I think someone that was shot was a pregnant woman. What are we modeling for our kids? What are we showing them is right and what is wrong because we can't go to court when our kid has carjacked someone or killed someone or robbed someone and say this is my baby he's trying to do he's trying to do his best he's going to school every day and then on the weekend you're taking him out with you to clubs or to go fighting or to watch what's happening in the neighborhood that's violent you know parents need to be aware of what they're teaching their kids And I think also just accountability and responsibility. Once it happens, it's not time to say, free my baby, free my boys, free my son. No, your son's committed a crime, and now they need to know there's accountability, and you should take some responsibility for that. Because up to this point, they've had no one showing them right from wrong or which way they should be going or what the consequences might be for their actions. So I think there's, you know, it's a long road before you get to the criminal justice system. And I think there are many, many opportunities for parents to acknowledge and address things they can change before their children get mixed into that system. It's not, it's not something I want for anyone. You know, I'm not, not an advocate for criminal justice. I'm an advocate for fairness and for justice and accountability. But I think there are many, many stops and avenues along the way to prevent your child from getting into that system in the first place. And that's why I want to pick your brain when we come back, because, Nadia, you do have a couple more minutes, right? Yes, I do. Okay. Um Because you are in a unique position because you grew up in tough circumstances. You do have children. Your mother, Janelle Plessy, was a victim of a horrible crime, a horrific crime. She was taken from you under the worst of circumstances. Um, But yet she managed to rise through difficult circumstances and keep you out of the criminal justice system. Uh, Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. you were thrust into it after the murder of your mother during the carjacking. And I think what you just said is key in that it's too late. By the, and look, we have a special session going on in Baton Rouge, and things need to change. And I fully mm-hmm. understand that. 
but things need to change before it even gets to the criminal justice system. Agreed? Mm-hmm. We'll yes. pick it up. We'll yes. pick it up there when we come back. Nadia Sanchez is our guest. Her mother, Janelle Plessy, was killed during a carjacking. Three people were uh, sentenced in that crime. One of them subsequently killed while joyriding in uh, a car. That was it a stolen car, Nadia, or do you know? Yes, it was. It was a stolen car. All right. So, and Nadia tried to warn him during the impact statement, saying, "I hope this is the the." the worst choice that you make in your life and that you turn it around. And apparently that message did not resonate. And look, our our condolences go out to the family of the juvenile that was lost. And, and and I know this is hard to say, but even the juveniles that committed a crime, because it does have an impact on the family and it is a ripple effect, uh, not more so than those, uh, the, the, the people who were the victims of the criminals. 935, more when we come back, 504-260-187. If you have any questions or comments, uh, we pause for traffic now on WWL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's 9.40, 20 till 10. We're talking to Nadia Sanchez, her mother. Unfortunately, Jeanne Plessy was killed back in November 2018, November 27th, 2018, and and it's just an indication of how quickly violent crime can happen. This is in Gentilly. Um, nobody knew any of this was going to happen. Your mother was just coming back from, I think they were, where were they, at a meeting, um, Nadia? They, uh, yeah, they'd gone on a date. Her and her husband had gone on a date. Didn't do anything downtown. wrong. Came back home, and, and then all of a sudden, Nadia and her family are dealing with even things. And, and what stood out to me, Nadia, was pay, having to pay to have a duplicate key made so you could get your mother's car <laughs> fixed because it was in evidence and they wouldn't release it to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that, I know. 
that seems like a minor thing, but it, it really isn't, especially when you're dealing with the trauma of what happened. You're trying to re- recover from that, and now you got this just ridiculous expense because you can't get the key to the car. It's, it's the logistics of things. It's the practical things that change that people don't realize. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's things I had never thought of until I had to live through it. And it was very, very minor things you wouldn't think of when my, bro- my, oh, when my brother and sister were finally ready to go back to school. Um, we took off a couple weeks after my mom died. And when they were ready to go back, they were like, we don't have our school bags. They were in mom's car. Mm. And the car was impounded at the evidence lot. And so I had to call and get permission to go into the car um, well, I didn't know, but the people who had stolen her car had thrown everything out of the car. So my daughter had a car seat in the car at the time. They threw it out. They threw my brother and sister's school bags out. They threw my mom's purse out the window. Someone turned that in to the police, actually. Um, but yeah, it, it's all the things you don't think about. You don't think about, you know, having to go into your mom's car after it's a crime scene, after it's the murder weapon that killed her um, having to replace so many things. And like you said, the logistics of it, having to get a key replaced, it's just, it's, it's a lot of little things that people don't realize or recognize outside of the larger loss and trauma of the event. I, I think you are in a unique position because again, your mother was not in a good position, and I don't mean that in a negative, in, a, in an insulting way at all, Nadia. But when she, no. she with you all, right? I mean, she was up against it, but yet she managed to keep you on the right track. So many families in New Orleans can't do that, and as a result, it winds up in a criminal justice system, both from the perspective of the criminal, both from the perspective of the victim, and yourself. So. I guess I just think that while the special session, and we'll talk about some reforms in a minute, is important, mm-hmm. how in the world do you keep this from getting to that point? How do you change the mindset? How do you change the culture? What can anybody do to prevent this cycle that keeps perpetuating itself? I know. Gosh, it's it's so hard. I don't know that I have the answer, to be honest with you. Um, I know what my mom did, and that's what I can speak to. I know my mom really leaned on our family as a support system for her when she couldn't take care of me. She left me in their care. Um, when she was unable to do things for me, she relied on them to help her. And like I said, that made a, a tremendous difference in my life that completely changed the trajectory of my life. Um, obviously she, she became a Christian a little bit later in my life when I was a teenager. Um, and that, that also made a huge impact and difference on my outcome. Um, our, having our church community, having faith, having, uh, hope and a belief in something bigger than myself really impacted and changed who I am as a person. Um, I, I think a support system though, some support system, even if it's not family finding some resource that's available that you can turn to and trust and say, I need help with X, Y, Z. Um, I don't know what to do about my son. And I think it starts much, much younger than people acknowledge. Um, I think, you know, 
when your child is born, you become their parent and you're responsible for parenting them from that point on. It, parenting doesn't start when they're 13 and they're acting out at school. It starts when they're two or three and they do something that, you know, disrespects or disobeys you. You're teaching them the boundaries. You're teaching them about authority. You're teaching them about respect. Um, when they're young, when they're toddlers, when they're school-aged, and then that's what they come to know. You know, teenagers don't suddenly turn into criminals if they know right from wrong, if they know that someone at home is going to hold them accountable or they're going to disappoint someone. They might think twice about that decision. Nadia, what you just said is, I think, so dead-on accurate because I, I don't think a kid goes from you know, doing their best in school and respecting parents, all of a sudden you carjack somebody and you run over them and you kill them. That doesn't happen. A kid doesn't break bad like that. It's a progression. I know you started uh, um, Love Your Neighbor NOLA. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I started Love Your Neighbor NOLA. It started small um, in 2019, right after my mom died. My mom did a lot of service in the city. Um, She was a pastor. She served Red Beans every Monday in Central City, and so... Right after she died, I started this just, you know, in memory of her legacy, picking up where she left off. Uh, But I I thought a lot about what we're talking about. How do families break this cycle? How do families recognize that their kid could be next up in the criminal justice system? And where do we start with reform? And where do we start with addressing the problem? And the only thing I could come back to was at the beginning. We start at the beginning of the family unit. And so... That's what we do at Love Your Neighbor NOLA. Um, We're in New Orleans East. That's where our office is. It's off of Crowder and Morrison. We open twice a month on Saturdays, and we distribute to families diapers and wipes. We also give them any sort of tangible essential they might need for their family but not be able to afford. So we keep clothes, shoes, hygiene products, uh, dry food, all of those things in our office. And then as the families come, we build a relationship with them. So it's not just about giving them the immediate need. It's about meeting that immediate need, alleviating a little bit of that stress, and then building relationship with them, keeping up with them, asking them what they need help with, asking them how their kids are doing, making sure their kids are in school, going to school, making sure that they understand uh, parenting, modeling behavior for your kids what are best practices in disciplining your kids what are best practices in teaching them right from wrong um we do a mentoring program for moms and so in that we teach life skills we connect them to resources like mental health uh, resources higher education if that's something they're interested in all of those things um hopefully to build that support system for them that I think is really lacking and absent in a lot of our underserved, impoverished communities. If they have a family, it's usually just another one person. Oh, I have my mom and she helps me sometimes. That's not enough, right? Like that's not a full support system that you can rely on. So that's really what we're trying to build in that community, a place where people can find a safe place, have a safe place, know that they can trust us, not just for tangible things, but also for those long-term goals, also for questions about what do I do with my kid? They're acting like this at daycare and they're not responding to me at home. How do I help them? 
Um, so we're, we're trying to, I call it a multi-pronged approach. We're trying to meet many needs. Um, but the biggest one is really just being a resource for the community, being a safe place for parents. How, um, uh, how'd you get so smart? Wait, let me just, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm joking, but, but I mean that sincerely, and, and it is going to sound terrible to say it, but you're a, a remarkably well-spoken young lady, and, and it seems as though you've taken, and a remarkable individual, because you've taken what could have been just a horrific, uh, life-altering, um, terrible situation, and I would think through the grace of God, because I do believe in God, and I yeah. think through the intervention of your mother on some level and the way you were raised, you're going to try to, you're doing your best to turn this into a net positive. What What is your background, Nadia? I'm just curious about you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I can't really, I, I really don't know how to respond to that. I don't know. I, um, I, I went to college. I work in, I work in corporate compliance full time. Mm -hmm. So I work full time outside of the nonprofit um, I worked in finance for a little bit. I, yeah, I, I don't well, I'm not know. I'm trying to put I all think... your business out on the radio. I'm just saying, I think, do you feel, let me phrase it this way. Do you feel that somehow your mother is still working through you in starting this nonprofit and helping to try to mentor mothers and make a difference and that ultimately your mom's death, how, however tragic and horrific, will turn out to be, in a long term, a positive thing? I do. I do. And I think, you know, I don't want to preach too much on the radio, but Go I am ahead. a Christian, okay. and there is <laughs> there is a, a scripture that says, you know, he who started a good work in you will see it through to completion. Um, and I think a lot of us read that and think about it in our own lives, but I think of that as a very generational scripture. Um, I think that what my mom started in her own life from becoming a survivor of domestic violence, an alcoholic, a party goer, all of those things, you know, she really transformed her life through Christianity and became a pastor and a servant and just loved people so well. Um, I do think that part of her legacy is going to be seen through to completion in my life. And hopefully I'll carry that on into my kids' lives. Um, and what was meant for evil will be used for good. Um, and I think, you know, to be able to show that love to people and to be able to forgive, honestly, the young men who did this to her, um, is is nothing short of a miracle. I, I wouldn't be able to do it well, along without those, knowing. Along those lines, Nadia, I just want to get this in before we run out of time. Somebody texted in and said yeah. their stepdaughter was murdered in New Iberia um, days ago, and uh, on Thursday, I guess a week ago, and they were wondering if you could give them even some advice to how do you, do you even begin to heal from this? Oh, my goodness. Um Give yourself lots and lots and lots of time and grace and give yourself days to just feel it and give yourself days to ignore it. Sometimes you have to ignore it for a little bit to survive, um, but give yourself plenty of time to heal. Healing takes a very, very long time. Do you have to allow yourself to be happy at some point? 
I'm five years into this, and I think two weeks ago in therapy, I said that for the first time. I said, I think I felt happy doing something for the first time since my mom died, and I'm five years into it. So I don't even think it's about allowing yourself to be happy in the beginning. It's about wondering if you could ever even possibly be happy again. And you can be. You can be. Just give yourself time. You know, you come on, somebody has that happen in their life, and, and now here you are helping them, so maybe that's a coincidence. <laughs> maybe it's not. Tell me if somebody wants to get involved with Love Your Neighbor NOLA, how do they do it? Sure. They can go to our website. It's loveyourneighbornola.com. We have a donate button on there. Under that donate button, we have an option to volunteer. We consider volunteering a donation of your time, so it's all under that umbrella. Um, or there's a contact form on there. If anyone just wants to get in touch, there's a contact form through our website. So it's all at loveyourneighbornola.com. We're also on social media, Instagram and Facebook, um, Love Your Neighbor Nola. God bless you, Nadia. I mean that sincerely. So many people would have could have turned bitter, could have turned this into a negative, and, and you've turned it into a positive, and you're doing your best to help the community, and your kids are lucky to have you for a mom. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You bet. We'll talk to you again. Thank you, Nadia Sanchez, whose mother, uh, Jeannot Plessy, killed in a carjacking. 955 Inspirational. Truly. We'll take a break. Come back. Find out what Newell Norman's got planned for us today here on WWL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 